The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports. Now, here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode 46, Maddie Brafluce, We Hardly Knew You edition. You have reached the best place for cigars and in Chicago sports. Let me set the scene as we usually do. We are at 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove, Illinois. We're sitting here in the Cigars and Sports Chicago studios. What is the place, you ask? Because we're sitting here at the place. The place is a cigar lounge. It's a great place to smoke a cigar, hang out, watch a game, relax. You might even be able to argue about some current events or some news. You know, whatever you want, we, we've got it over there at the place. In addition, you can follow us on X, sometimes known as Twitter, at Cigars and Sports. And you can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am smoking a LaFleur Dominicana El Jaco Perfecto number 2. And as always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Phil Sullivan. Phil, how are you? And what might you be smoking? What is going on in your world? Yo, yo, what's going on? Uh, yeah, well, I'm enjoying a Nub Triple Roast cigar uh, with a cup of coffee. So I don't know if that makes it a quadruple roast, maybe. But yeah, my life is great. We got a great holiday coming up. Uh, one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Uh, so uh, family and a lot of eating and uh, going to be uh, looking forward to some uh, fantastic fantastic college football this weekend uh actually when i broke it all down there's really only one big game right uh it's usually uh rivalry weekend so all the teams play their supposed biggest rival in their conference and nobody's playing any really big games except for the one big game so i guess maybe we can touch a little on that right now if we wanted to but it's pretty big sporting yeah why don't we and uh, you know what before we talk about the phenomenal chicago bears why don't we? I agree. I am looking forward to the Michigan Ohio State game, in which obviously the coach, Coach Harbaugh, the future coach of the Chicago Bears, will not be on the sidelines for Michigan this week. What do you think of the Harbaugh penalty? Like, what do you think is going on with that whole thing? Um, I mean, I'll give you my take, but what's your take on that whole scandal? Cheating. Well, I mean, the take on it, I mean, they really haven't come out with all courtroom level details of the investigation. Uh, but from what they've said, enough's enough. And uh, personally, probably did with a lot of what a lot of schools do. He got caught. There's the difference. Or they wanted to catch him. I don't know. Doing a little spying on other teams, signals. Uh, probably has been going on as old as sports. So he got caught, and he's paying the price right now, and he can't coach his team till after this weekend, which means he'll coach him in the national championship. You took a little bit of my thunder there with a statement, Steve. Uh, I wanted to tonight start the official clock on the Jim Harbaugh for Bears head coach uh, campaign. So I would be glad to get some shirts printed up or whatever we got to do to start that campaign. But I think when he's done at Michigan after hopefully winning the national championship, uh, I think that'd be a, a nice thing to do to plug him right into Chicago. You know, back to that football game, 
Michigan, Ohio State, interesting. You know, here's a question, Steve. Does the team that lose get bumped out of the top four? Interesting question. Uh, not if Florida State doesn't have a quarterback, unfortunately. For that young man whose career ended last Saturday with a horrific injury. Now, it did get clarified his college career got ended. I don't know if his pro career is even going to get a shot at this point. But uh, they did bump Florida State, even though they won out of the top four. Uh, Washington bumped in. Washington's been playing very well. I've actually been watching a lot of West Coast games this year. Uh, so we'll see. But what do you think of that uh, scenario? Which team loses? Do they get bumped? No, up? I'm not sure. Um, I think it depends on the game. I think if it's a, I think if it's a two or three touchdown game, I do think that the loser will get bumped out. I think if it's a close game, I could see both teams staying in there. But the issue is, you know, you have these other other undefeated teams. So I mean, it's it's difficult situation. I I, I have to be honest with you. I, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not, I could see it going either way. I'm not sure. I would just say at this point, look out for Alabama as well. Michigan's going to win the national championship. They got a couple of very difficult games coming up. But here's the thing on the penalty, because that was sort of the original question, and I want to come on that. And I've heard you you know, making your point the last couple of weeks about, oh, everyone cheats and he's doing the same thing everyone else was doing or whatever. So you, I think you could have maybe made that argument a week ago, but let me tell you something. The fact that he, they did not contest that penalty and that additional information came out in discovery before that temporary restraining order, you know, before that hearing last Friday, and the fact that Harbaugh was like, I will be happy to be suspended for three games. I'm going away now. Okay, I'm sorry. They must have the worst dirt on him in the world. There is clearly some connection between he, I, I mean, we don't know this for sure. So this is my own allegedly, but we, there is clearly some connection between some boosters and him. He, there clearly is evidence that he did know that it was going on. It is, I can be quite certain that it is really bad or there's no way in hell that he would just be quietly accepting that penalty. So I don't know about like every team is doing that. I mean, we know that it is a de- it was a detailed scheme and operation. The NCAA um, is still doing their investigation. My guess is that he will end up being suspended the entire year next year. Um, they're going to lose a bunch of scholarships. I think it's going to be a really big deal. But I don't think everyone is doing what they were doing. But also going to your other point, and we'll come back to this when we talk about the Bears, I don't care what the hell he was doing. I want him in Chicago next year no matter what. I don't care if they lose to Ohio State. I don't care what happens. I want Harbaugh because I know that that team will be better. So if you, uh, if it's okay with you, why don't we just pivot to the Bears here real quick, and we'll come back to that topic. So this weekend, this past weekend, was probably the most frustrating game of the Poles Eberflus era. They were leading the Lions the entire game. They outplayed them. They look really good. They were up by 12 with four minutes to go. And somehow they find a way to lose the game 31-26. I mean, I don't know what to say that once again, the fourth quarter offensive play calling was absolutely horrible. I mean, you've got Justin Fields, who I think had a very good game and had 103 yards rushing at that point. Meanwhile, they're giving the ball to Khalil Herbert, who clearly is not healthy. You know, he'd just come off IR and plus had a couple of other weeks. 
and you know he's just clearly not 100% and was not running the ball well at all. And Deontay Foreman had already got knocked out of the game. So why you don't let Fields run the ball if you're going to run the ball, I have no idea. And by the way, you have a receiver by the name of DJ Moore, who is a top 10 receiver in the league. Actually, Pro Football Focus right now ranks him as the ninth best receiver in the league. But who do you throw the ball to? Not to him, not to Darnell Mooney. You throw the ball to Tyler Scott. Fields throws an absolute dime, and the guy drops it. The drop is almost as bad as Marquez Valdez scandaling last night on in that uh, Kansas City uh, in that that Kansas City uh, Philadelphia game, which we can talk about later. Then, for some bizarre reason, Montez Sweat is only on the field for you know he had a sack, but he's only on the field for sixty three percent of the snaps. So I don't know what's going on there. And the bottom line is, ESPN Analytics had them a 98.3% chance of winning the game with four minutes left, and they managed to lose. Matt Eberflus, now more than a year and a half in his tenure as Bears coach, has never won back-to-back games. And to me, something that's even more shocking, think about this, Phil. He's never won a division game. How can you have never won a division game? That guy's got to go. And I've got another extremely controversial take, but before I go to that, what what is your take on, first of all, just the status of this Chicago Bears team? Well, I mean, if you want to go back to that game, you know, one one of the things I've heard this week, I actually just heard it from you, so I'm going to disagree with you on something here. You know, I look at quarterbacks in a particular game, and when they want to do a little post-game analysis, I kind of have my own little rating. My rating is they were excellent. They were very good. They were average, okay, that or manageable, and then they sucked. And then if they had one more category, it would be Zach Wilson. So they don't have that category. So when you say Fields was very good, uh, Fields had a Fields game. He was Justin Fields. He played his numbers, his stats, not much difference than, than his career is starting to pile up to be. And, you know, his career to me shows he's an average quarterback. He does nothing special when he needs to do something special. His fourth quarter numbers in his career are abysmal. They're almost Zach Wilson levels. So, you know, if he's going to step up, you know, into your and and even to my very good category, he's got to start pulling some magic out of his hat every now and then in the fourth quarter. And uh, he's got to show that. And he hasn't showed that. And, you know, having a running game of 100 plus yards. That's what Justin Fields does. That's Justin Fields. He runs. And so I expect him to get 100 yards. I don't think that puts him, in my mind, into a very good or excellent category as a quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. We can agree to disagree on that category. But uh, I think the Bears, uh, the coaching, you, you know, it said it all to me in that last drive, not the one where he fumbled, but the one where they needed to hold the ball at the end. They had Detroit using up their timeouts, which is what they needed to do. And they had to get one first down and probably could have ran the clock out. And what do they do? They run Khalil Herbert two times on first and second down when the guy had a game of 16 carries, I think, on 33 yards. So he's running two yards a carry. So that gets you four yards. And what are you going to do with the other six? They throw a 30-yard pass down the middle. It gets incomplete, which also stops the clock and stop them. If they had ran, and even if they had to still punt, uh, Detroit would have used their third timeout and uh, would have made a bit of a difference. 
when they did that. But uh, so that's all on coaching. Uh, that's horrible. Uh, the coaches suck. I, I just can't, I can't watch ever fluid anymore. And uh, he needs to go. I mean, his record, his record proves it. That guy's got to go. Uh, but I don't know. It's frustrating. You know, I think they got some talent on the team. There's no doubt about it. They may, I'm going to use the team may. You like to use the word will or are. I, let's say you like to use the word are. They are putting together good pieces. <clears throat> I say they may be putting together some good pieces, uh, but that's all going to depend on some coaching and how they put it together. I think that's all fair. I hear you also on the Justin Fields thing. I mean, the guy's never had a fourth quarter comeback in his entire career, which obviously is not good. He does some spectacular things. I thought an interesting term that he used is he's an average quarterback. The only reason I disagree with that is, is that I don't know what an average quarterback is. I'm not sure that I've ever really thought about that before. I can't really even come up with another example of an average quarterback. I think we tend to think of quarterbacks as either great, good, bad, or terrible, interestingly enough. I'm not sure that average is a thing or not the way that I... Well, I mean, here's the thing. If I want to use an example, to me, a very good quarterback while you're watching a game, if they're down, you're going to, or even if they're up, they're going to hold it. But let's say they're down. You're going to say with a very good quarterback, you know what? He might have a chance to pull this off. He might make a good, you know, he might do that. An excellent quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers, when you're watching that situation, excellent. you're going to say to yourself while you're watching a game, He's going to do it. It's just a matter of how he's going to do it. So, you know, Justin Fields just to me is not in even the very good category yet. Yes, he's a great athlete. Yes, he's got a lot of good, but his numbers prove. No, I'm not saying he's a very, he's I'm not saying he's a very good know, quarterback. Uh, you know, now, I might put him at the high end of average, but I'm not putting it, you know, and I heard enough talk radio in the last day and a half of, of talking about Justin Fields had an excellent game. Justin Fields had a great game. Justin, no, he didn't. He had a Justin Fields game. Typical Justin Fields. I, I game. thought he. I, and look at his record. I, I'm not saying know. he's a very good quarterback. I I thought he. I did think he had a good game, but it's not real. I don't know that that's even really that relevant. Meaning, like what I think, and I still just can't figure it out because if you look at him compared to Tyson Bagent, I have no doubt in my mind that Fields is a better quarterback, and I'm not sure that I was necessarily saying that before. He's actually been pretty good three of the last four games that he's played. And and the other thing is, too, that I think is very interesting. All right, let me give you my controversial take, which you, you gave a little bit of a spoiler on. I actually think the Bears are a talented team and I I think they're getting I think they are beginning to accumulate more and more pieces and I think since they've been healthy the last couple of weeks we've seen more of that and I think if you look at that defense the secondary is excellent you take a look at the linebackers I would say at least very good you know defensive line you probably still could use you know another interior lineman and another pass rusher but they've gotten a lot more pressure since sweat has been in the lineup so that's been you know that's been pretty positive and the defense has played you know fairly well since Ibrahimovic has been the, the defensive coordinator and I'm not complimenting Ibrahimovic I'm just simply saying you know the guy is not a good head coach he's got to go you know you look at the offense They've got DJ Moore. You know, they've got a decent running back room. I think the the offensive line, with the exception of center, looks a hell of a lot better to me. You know, they've got, I believe, a top five or six tight end in the league. Like, they've got a bunch of pieces, not to mention that they've got 
a whole bunch of draft capital and a whole bunch of salary cap space for next year. So I'm actually very optimistic about the talent level, but I think the coaching is horrible. And the only guy that I will be comfortable that can make this team good, particularly in one year, I think with the draft capital, the salary cap space and Harbaugh, I actually think that this team is a playoff team next year period. There is no reason that guy wins everywhere he goes. You know, obviously it took him a few years to win at Michigan, but he had to rebuild the entire roster. So I don't have an issue with that. The guy wins everywhere he goes. And the guy is an excellent kind of CEO coach. You know, he he always has a great defense, always has a really tough team. Like I know that that's not necessarily the topic right here, but I want him. And so I guess my question to you is what would you do at the end of this season, if you're Kevin Warren. And what I mean by that is coach, quarterback, general manager, like what just what would you do if you're Kevin Warren and you had the ability to basically do whatever you want? Well, you know, it's the old baseball saying you can't fire the whole team, but you can't fire the coach. Uh, he's got he's to get a new coach in there. You know, yeah, we Harbaugh would make for a great story. I think Harbaugh is a great coach. You know, whether it's Jim Harbaugh or not, it's a crapshoot. They got to get rid of the coach. You touched on something about ever floss with his, with his, uh, you know, he's not the greatest head coach, but what he's done with the defense. You know what? Detroit ran three two minute type drills during that game, three of them with no problem going down the field. So that's fine. You know, there's my, there's my answer to Everflus's defense. You know, they had no problem. They should have ran that two minute offense the whole game. They would have beat the Bears by 30. But, you know, he's got to start with new coaches. You know, his GM, you know, let's see how that guy does with, with with one more historic draft. And I say historic because I think this draft the Bears are going to have between their cap space, their draft picks, and the ability to maneuver that no team has probably ever had in the history of the NFL going into a draft. I mean, it's, it's almost unprecedented what the Bears have, the power to have in their hands. It's just a matter of who's going to be driving the race car and how they're going to do it. And the Bears as a team, as from ownership on down, have an abysmal record of doing the right thing with their draft picks. Uh, you know, I, I told you the other day, or told some guys, go back and look at the Bears last 30 years of first round picks. But but between the picks and the money, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be awesome to see what they do. I do agree with you. They put, they, they've got a lot of good pieces, you know, but just can they put this jigsaw puzzle together? That's the thing. Can they do it? But it's going to have to start with coaching. So there's the answer to your question. I know it took a little long to get there. All right, what would you do? What would you do at quarterback? Uh, I think Fields. Uh, I, I'm personally done with the Fields test. I don't know. You know, if you decide to keep him, use one of your picks to grab another quarterback. You know, and then, uh, you know, but you keep him, you're going to owe him a lot of money. Uh, so you got to pay him the money then. So I, you know, I don't know. I would not be saddened at all if Justin Field got launched. Uh, it wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't for a second think that. Oh my God, the Bears are going to struggle again now at quarterback. Because uh, they might struggle with him, so it, that wouldn't bother me at all. So you know, in terms of fields, the options are this: they can obviously deal him, they can keep him and not exercise his fifth year right. option. So they can let, just let they can do actually what they did with Trubisky, where they could just simply you know they could not exercise his fifth year option. They could still keep him around for the fourth year, and they'd have another year of a cheap quarterback. Then they could attempt to sign him after that if they decided that they wanted him. He would no longer be tradable at that point. He would walk out the door. 
Or if they couldn't reach a deal with him they and they really wanted to keep him, they could also franchise him. But I guess the issue is, you know, you look at these quarterbacks and you look at Caleb Williams and Drake May and Fenix and Bo Nix and, you know, and there's a whole bunch of guys out there. The, uh, the guy at LSU, Daniels, I guess, can we really be sure that any of these guys are going to be better than Justin Fields? And I think the answer is, is no. And maybe that's not what we get paid to do. So maybe, you know, if the organization feels strongly about one of those guys, they should pick him. I'm not saying that any, that all of those guys or that any of them, you know, all of them could be better than Fields. I just don't really yeah, know. I, I, I agree and, with you that there's no way of knowing if any of them are going to be better than Justin Fields, but I have a lot of confidence that Justin Fields isn't going to get any better than the Justin Fields you see now. That's just my opinion. I, I think that's amazing. I think that's a really good point. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I am interested to see these last six games and see what happens. And by the way, another issue with Fields is that he has a very difficult time staying on the field. The guy's missed a lot of games, and that matters as well. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're going to have to take a quarterback, but I would probably not take one, number one overall. Whoever has the first pick is going to take Caleb Williams. That is going to happen. So, and I know maybe you feel differently about that. And I feel good enough about the other guys that if the Bears have that first pick from Carolina, I would probably trade out of that pick and draft a quarterback at four or five or six because there's still be one there. Um, you know, if you get Harbaugh, I might hold on to Fields for another year and pick J.J. McCarthy in the second round. But I just don't know if I want to use the number one overall pick on a quarterback when there's a bunch of quarterbacks out there that could be good. And if you consider the fact that C.J. Strout got picked after Bryce Young, and I don't think there's any comparison there, and I don't think there ever will be. So it just seems like it's so easy to make the wrong decision. Maybe it's less of a crapshoot than I think. Maybe it's just that you gotta you have to be able to do a good job assessing quarterbacks. But I, I just don't know. I just feel like I don't want to pick a quarterback with that number yeah, one. Yeah, but at least I got a pick. You know, a lot of teams would have a pick for, let's say, a Justin Fields, and they might not see the opportunity again for 10 years to, to have a shot at one of the top quarterbacks coming out of college that year. The Bears had a shot at it last year, and they didn't use it, and now they're going to get two shots at it this year. So this just doesn't come around for NFL teams too often. And once again, they said the other day, Fields got seven games left. Let's see how he plays. You know what? After the game Sunday, he's got six games left. Because what I saw Sunday didn't make my brain click. Okay, now it's going. Now, now it's starting to work. He's starting to figure it out. So now he's got six games left. But I think after about two more, you're going to say to yourselves, yeah, Fields is playing like Fields, which he can manage a game. He'll maybe get you through, and maybe he'll beat Carolina, and he might beat a Denver, and he might beat – but. You know, I, I I think they need to get a quarterback right now because they just might not get another shot at it for a long time. I, I think that you have made possibly some of the greatest points that you've made in uh, 46 episodes tonight because you actually you have me pondering that. And as you know, one of the unique talents that I have is that I know everything. Right. Yeah. And okay. actually, you make a good point. I mean, you did pass on taking a quarterback at the top of the draft last year. It's probably 
would be difficult to take a pass on doing that the second consecutive year. The reason it just sucks is because it just like you've got two picks that high. Imagine if you could take an offensive lineman and a pass rusher, like in the top five, you could get the best two guys at those positions, but probably not going to happen and probably, you know, not a good idea. So you have now convinced me that, yeah, I guess they're going to have to. Yeah, Cause look at it back. this way, Steve, after this year, you know, like we're agreeing, they put some good pieces together. They play a little, maybe they get a new coach. They play better. You keep fields. And now next year they're an eight to an 11 win team. They may be inching the playoffs, but they end up with the 15th pick. And then the following year, it's the same thing. So like I'm saying, they may never see this opportunity again for quite a few years. Otherwise they got to suck really bad again. So, and if you take somebody, if you start again, then you've got three or four more years of a cheap quarterback again, which is a big deal because it means that you can pay other guys because even though they have a lot of cap money, there's got like, because they have pieces, there's some guys that ultimately they're going to have to pay. You know what I mean? Like Tevin Jenkins, like they're going to have to pay that guy in the off season. I think we all know that Galen Johnson, they're going to have to pay that guy. If they want to keep Darnell Mooney, not going to pay him big money, but they're going to have to pay him. There's some guys that they're going to need to pay this offseason. So, you know, that cap money is not going forever. So, you know, there is, there's that advantage to starting with a new quarterback as well, particularly considering what you just said about the fact that you're convinced that Fields is not going to get any, you know, is not going to get any better. It is interesting, too, because I know we both like Bo Nix a lot. And, you know, and I, I really like the guy. But it is interesting that Fields is only six months older than Bo Nix, and he's in his third year in the NFL. I don't know what that means. You know, a lot of times in the NBA, when you pick a guy who's played a lot of college, you may get a really good rookie, but you don't get a lot of upside after that because the guy's already developed. So I do like guys that have played more football, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to cross that bridge when we come to it. So, Phil, can we talk about the the actual horrifying White Sox oh for gosh. one minute? Really, you had to go there. It's the middle. So, what did you think about the blockbuster Aaron Bummer trade, where they got utility infielder from Naperville, Nicky Lopez, starting pitcher who was good about four years ago, who tore both of his Achilles, has been out for three years, Mike Soroka, um, an infielder by the name of Braden Shoemake, uh, and, and two other pitchers by the name of Jared Schuster and Riley Goins. So basically what the White Sox did is they gave them Aaron Bummer, who, by the way, also saves them about $6 million, um next year in the, in the spirit of unloading salary. And they basically brought out, they backed up the truck over at the Braves dumpster. And the Braves were like, hey, take any five things out of the dumpster that you want. We don't care. There's about 20 things in there. Just take five guys out of the dumpster and drive away. So what do you think about uh, that trade? Yeah, I, well, you, you kind of said some of what I was going to bring up some of the same names, but it's mind boggling to me, you know, and it went downhill almost immediately when their new GM with no experience whatsoever, except running the worst minor league system in baseball, almost, you know, one of his first blockbuster moves was to rehire Tony La Russa as a special assistant and, said he can bring a lot of value to the young players. Now, I don't know what value. Maybe the value is he could take them around and show the guys where the best happy hours are in the greater Phoenix Scottsdale area during spring training. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But when 
that's one of his first hires that he come publicly comes out with that this is what I'm doing. I, I just shook my head and said, man, oh man, you know, maybe I do have to become a Milwaukee Brewers fan, you know, just because I can still keep hating on the Cubs as bad as I as much as I do. But yeah, I the White Sox are an abysmal organization and run by a old man that I think needs to go and he's proven his ability the last few years with how he runs his other professional sports franchise, uh, which also is in the same city. And it's just a shame of what's happened to the White Sox. It really is. I, my personally gut feeling that team's going to be leaving. That's my opinion. So today the White Sox made another huge move. I don't know if you heard about this. They signed shortstop and second baseman. And, and I guess that he probably will be their starting shortstop. Paul DeJong, um, who, you know, is about is a 30-year-old guy. Last year hit uh, 207 with a 613 OPS, 14 home runs, and 38 RBIs. So he's got a little bit of power. Um, he's a very good defensive player. You know, he's, he was with St. Louis for, you know, a number of years. And then actually last year played um, in St. Louis, Toronto, and San Francisco. He's kind of your typical... I guess I would describe him as your typical bum. He's got a 299 career on base percentage. Again, 417 slug, so he's got a little bit of pop. And, um, you know, so once again, they're just collecting other people's dumpster stuff. So now we're going to have a middle infield. We're going to have a middle infield of Nicky Lopez and Paul DeJean. I mean, why don't they? I mean, you know, they, they are going, we talked about this the other day or I brought it up saying it's going to be interesting when the Vegas line comes out on win losses for the teams and the White Sox are going to be easily over 90 losses. Um, It'll be interesting if anybody ever predicts a hundred loss team before the season starts, but they are going to easily lose a hundred games next year. Why wouldn't you just play uh, 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 the names? I'm losing the top of my head, the shortstop, the, the rookie, the kid that's, you know, if you're going to stick him in a shortstop, let him have a season, you know. So it's, so maybe with Colson Montgomery, you lose 102 games instead of 97 games. Um, let the kid get some playing time. If he's going to be your shortstop for the future, get him up there, get him playing, let him see major league pitching. Uh, you know, major league ground balls aren't much different than triple-A ground balls. So, you know, but he needs to see the pitching. And uh, throw him to the Wolves, get him out there, let him play. I mean, bringing in this 30-year-old is ridiculous. I agree with that. I'm not sure what the situation is there, but um, but it is. You know, the only way that we could make this worse is we could talk about the Chicago Bulls. Oh, and guess what? We're not talking. They're just too bad. I can't take anymore. I'm very depressed. Thanksgiving is coming. Um, Phil, I'm going to bring, bring up a, a Buster Ball session on your beloved Bulls, and I'll have some statistics to go mano mano with you. But, uh, yeah, that's – oh, yeah, one thing, my kids listen to this show, so I thought I'd give a plug to local high school. Uh, we've got my kids' alma mater, the Joliet Catholic Hillman, are in there uh, going for, I think, their 17th state title. We've got our local Downers Grove North Trojans are going to play for a state title, and my alma mater, the St. Lawrence Vikings, are also playing in the state title game this weekend. I'll be televised, so when you – in between eating turkey and watching some college, you can watch some uh, pretty good high school football. Sounds good. Uh, Phil, 
Thanks for showing up cool. today. And Thanks for looking. Out. Everybody. Yeah, Talk bear. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday. Sugar magnolia, blossoms blooming. That's all Indian. I don't care. So my baby down by the river. Wish she had to come up soon for there. Sweet blossom, come on under the willow. We can have high times if you look back. Of nature, rolling in the rushes down by the riverside.